0: everything is dark face down where you going to go when the world don't spark up town where we going to go we embark on a new beginning what you going to tell the body father when you get to heaven what we going to say about the hate meant for a friend what we going to do when it all come to an end what we going to do when it all come to an
1: end hello everyone thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the FFGI scoop i'm your host kufu Quagren Today we're discussing racism and inequality in North America's criminal justice system. Despite the ongoing global pandemic that is COVID-19, the world is currently witnessing one of the biggest movements against racism in North America. Following the recent murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many other Black people in the United States and Canada, the protests have sparked a global awareness. My guest on the FFGI Scoop today is Dr. Akwesi owusu from the University of Toronto's School of Criminology and Social Legal Studies, and his work examines intersections of race, crime, and criminal justice, with a particular focus in the area of policing. Akwesi, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: My pleasure. It's nice to be with you.
1: As an academic expert with relevant research addressing race issues in the justice system, in your opinion, was this global outrage bound to happen?
2: Uh, You know what? I'm somewhat surprised and rather heartened by the reach of um, the unrest, unhappiness, and unease this time around. Of course, you know, it's not too long ago that uh, we had a period of unrest in the United States and discussions about police injustice and racial injustice following the deaths of, you know, perhaps most notably um, Eric Garner and Michael Brown and, of course, the multiple others that uh, followed and that preceded those. But the demonstrations and the conversations reach, you know, to Canada, and I would suggest the United Kingdom, but, you know, we weren't seeing protests in Iran against race-based violence and racial injustice that time around as we did this time around. So um, I I wouldn't say that I saw it coming necessarily. Uh, I think one of the key things uh, for me as someone who studies these issues and has very literally just uh, published a book around race and racial injustice and criminal justice systems around the West is that the racial disparities that we see which are common amongst western nations are a product of colonialism right and i think part of what is different this time around than the previous times around is an increasing recognition of how the legacy of colonialism impacts on the day-to-day lives of of certain racialized groups in uh, canada and the united states united kingdom uh, that would be most notably of course people of african descent uh, in canada the us australia people of indigenous dissent as well.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, we cannot deny that there exists some level of systemic racism in Canada as well. And we know this from the Toronto Premier's recent statements about racism in Canada and the protests that we're seeing all over the country addressing these injustices that Black people face at the hands of the police daily. So what is different at this time around? What does this mean for Canada now that this conversation is gaining more global traction?
2: Well, I think, so part of what's different, it's interesting, you noted the Ontario Premier's statement on systemic racism. We got a note, of course, that him acknowledging uh, systemic racism in Canadian society came after uh, a statement that we didn't have the same deep-rooted, I think were his words, problems as the United States. And then, of course, being told relatively swiftly that that was incorrect. Um, and similarly, we've had you know, numerous other politicians and, and uh, public figures outright denied that systemic racism exists in Canadian society. And it's just recently, of course, as well, that our federal uh, police leader has acknowledged systemic racism and that struggled to understand what it is. So what does all of this mean? I think, you know, this increasing acknowledgement signals um, that we're re- increasingly ready to have a conversation about these issues. I think one of the things that distinguishes the Canadian situation from that of the United States, is that Canada's done a much better job of kind of forgetting and denying its racist past. And that's changed most recently with respect to uh, the work around truth and reconciliation with our indigenous population. So in order to move forward, in order to, you know, prompt uh, positive change and to uh, engender equality, we first of course need to acknowledge that inequality and systemic racial inequalities exist. Um, and once we do that, and once our you know politicians and business leaders and the likes do that, then we can truly begin to move forward. But when we exist in an environment in which there are still denials or there's a genuine ignorance, people simply not understanding this reality, it's quite difficult to move forward because when we look at you know, uh, racially disparate outcomes across different social institutions, education, employment, criminal justice, without an acknowledgement of the role that systemic racism has played in producing those racial disparities, the blame for kind of inferior performance in education and employment and for overrepresentation in the justice system is often placed on those people who experience those negative outcomes and looked at as a product of their inferiority, as opposed to their position within our society. And so hopefully we're moving closer to a place where we can have these conversations about how our society, you know, through the creation of these conditions, uh, produces these racially disparate, often negative, outcomes for Black and Indigenous people in particular.
1: And you mentioned moving forward. Now, looking at the response to these recent events, um, there have been many calls to defund the police. What do you think that would look like, particularly in response to racial minorities and law enforcement agencies?
2: Yeah, so the, the I think, you know, more accurate would be a, a call to detask the police. So taking many of the roles and functions that the police currently serve away from the police and giving them to other organizations and agencies that do so. And this is coming in recognition of a couple of things. First of all, the increasing presence of uh, police in the lives of marginalized and racialized individuals has a, a host of negative outcomes, most notably increasing risk for them being, least you know, uh, harmed. Are killed at the hands of the police, and then of course increased risk of criminalization. So when we have the police responding to people in mental health crisis, um, you know, being present in our schools, participating in youth programming, and and policing, you know, drug use, um, then you know their tool belt includes, as I've said, the ability to use force and their powers of arrest. And so the less often we have police doing things that they don't need to and are not ver- often not very good at doing the less likely we are to have them engage in these problematic behaviors that we know disproportionately target racialized folks. So, you know, both in terms of use of force as well as in terms of um, criminalization and, you know, too many times the use of force is justified by the police, right? The police, you know, the case of Andrew Loku would be case in point. The um, African uh, man in Toronto, African refugee who, uh, you know, had experienced post-traumatic stress disorder and and experienced uh, problems with mental health. And um, the police were called. And when the police arrived, he was uh, wielding a hammer. And of course the police are able to use force when they perceive their safety or the safety of others to be in jeopardy. And so by their simple presence, that ability to use force is of course, you know, enacted and so if we don't have the police there the ability to use force is not enact or cannot be necessarily enacted and so these are the types of ways in which um you know these positive changes will benefit uh specific racialized populations
1: you've published quite a few books and editorial pieces and in your chapter on race crime and criminal justice in canada you mentioned that it's not enough to implement new laws and policies but also focus on racial minorities and their intersections with the criminal justice system the impacts on other sectors like health education and employment are more positively realized for racialized groups so can you comment a little bit more on that
2: so yeah in a, in a nutshell you know the criminal justice system is the last last line of defense in terms of our social institutions right we, we have the criminal justice system to deal with problems that may have been addressed in other areas so poor educational outcomes increase contact with child welfare uh, poor employment prospects all increase the likelihood of an individual either engaging in criminal activity or for other reasons, coming into contact with the justice system. So from my perspective, we're better off to try and uh, deal with issues and strengthen our educational employment sectors and child welfare and things like that so that the criminal justice system doesn't have to deal with the problems or the same volume of the problems that we currently have it dealing with. Thank you so much, Akwesi. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Absolutely, my pleasure as well.
0: ladies and gentlemen you're
1: listening to the FFGI scoop my name is Cuckoo Quagrin and today's topic has been racism in North America's criminal justice system Now it's important that we continue to have these challenging conversations about race in order to address the blatant systemic racism in our society. I also want to say a big thank you to University of Toronto Global for supporting the FFGI scoop. It's time for me to go, but I'm leaving you with a keynote speech by an incredible CNBC News reporter by the name Timothena Duncan. And her speech was at Northwestern University's annual events in honor of Martin Luther King. I hope you're inspired. Until next time, this has been the FFGI
0: Scoop. (laughs) that, is <laughs> 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 You know, i not do The was part of the speech is the of the and that to The and to get one That one is to about the to the the a a good is that not that. So, it is not that. and I'm to that we can use to of to the just Companies have